Soulmates. How are you today? Welcome to this Tuesday. Plenty to chat about. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. We're following the latest efforts in Mississippi after a nearly all black area is destroyed and the south side of Chicago. There's a man there that's helping those displaced. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Thomas in for Nicole de Corte. Plus, we'll talk about the social media move that is now being considered called digital blackface. Mm -hmm. First time I heard it, I was Me like, too. what? I was like, what? what's Digital going what? on here? What Always trying to do? something new. I know. All right. <laughs> we'll get into that. And Suge Knight mm. could be making his way to the silver screen. Those stories that impact our people. That's right up your alley. Up. We're going to talk about that yeah. for sure. We're going to bring mm -hmm. you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into our top conversation today, Lee. An American couple from Florida visiting Haiti has been kidnapped from a bus along with their friend who was escorting them while traveling from Port-au-Prince. Now, this is according to their family. Jean or Jean Dickens Toussaint and Abigail Toussaint were in Haiti uh, to visit relatives and attend a community festival. Now, the kidnappers initially demanded 6000 dollars for the couple's release, which increased to $200,000 per person after that initial amount was sent. Now, the family has reached out to the U.S. Embassy and the Department of Homeland Security for help. The State Department warns Americans against traveling to Haiti due to kidnapping, crime and civil arrest. And when I first heard this story, Lee, my skin just crawled mm -hmm. because I'm just so concerned about their safety. Mm -hmm. We've seen all of the havoc and the disarray that continues to plague uh, that particular uh, mm -hmm. country, that island. And it is just a scary thought to think that that your family members are being held captive for ransom. You try to accommodate a date mm -hmm. and now they want more yeah and it's and it's one of those things where those travel bans that are issued by the United States are, are, are very serious uh, some countries are in civil unrest that we have no say or control mm -hmm. in and mm -hmm. the only thing we can do as as a country is to try through diplomatic methods to try and get those people home it yeah. is so incredibly sad and you saw we had to blur the face out of the baby that they shared yeah. together but their entire family is missing them mm -hmm. and they already gave up some cash right but then the amount got bigger and then if you give more cash will the amount then get bigger mm -hmm. so the american government needs to get involved yeah, and i'm sure up. i'm sure haiti does not want that uh because uh, yeah, we are a big government so please uh, bring our people they home. They don't want that drama. They huh? do not. Yeah. They do not. Let's get them home. Yeah. Now, the Justice Department is also investigating possible civil rights violations by the Rankin County Sheriff's Department. This is in Mississippi. Mm. Now, this investigation follows a report that revealed at least four violent encounters with black men since 2019. Now, these encounters resulted in two deaths and permanent injuries. Now, members of the sheriff's special response team, which received advanced training, were involved in each of the four incidents. Now, the sheriff's department has denied access to the deputies involved and has also not said whether they will present a, they were presented mm -hmm. a search warrant when they when mm -hmm. these incidents happened. Now, <laughs> this is one of those things where you back off of it and say, "It's Mississippi. What are they doing?" Mm -hmm. Why do they not have oversight? Mm -hmm. And how can they just bar access because they feel like yeah, it? Yeah, it goes back to that blue culture. And we've mm -hmm. talked about this 
on Foxhole's Black Report time and time mm -hmm. again. You're gonna keep getting these probes. You're gonna keep getting these lawsuits. You're gonna keep paying out this money, especially when people find those in blue at fault. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what that tells me is we must look beyond the shield mm -hmm. and get into this culture and get into this training and how we need to redirect and reposition the thinking and the doing and the mm -hmm. policy of these police departments yeah. so they don't keep resulting in situations like this. You know, and also, much like what we do here on The Black Report, yeah. we need to keep shining light on this subject That's so right. it doesn't keep go into the it. darkness. Because mm -hmm. if they're allowed to proceed without oversight, and even public in public view, mm -hmm. uh, anything could happen to the people involved and the families involved. So tweet about it, talk about it, post about it, and continue to watch The Black Report, because we are definitely about it. That's right. Now, meanwhile, people in Mississippi are still assessing the damage of the tornado that ripped through the state on Friday night. Yeah, at least 21 people have been killed since the twister ripped through four counties. And now a state of emergency is in place with no word of help in sight. Fox's uh, Jackie Ibanez has the latest. Extreme pain and sadness still ringing out across large portions of western Mississippi. <laughs> Recovery efforts here are expected to be long and difficult after Friday night's deadly tornado struck one of the poorest areas in the country. I didn't think I was going to make it out. The National Weather Service categorized the twister as an EF4 with wind speeds between 166 and 200 miles per hour. People were displaced from their homes and tossed and thrown and spinned and dropped. For roughly one hour, the massive tornado traveled through more than half a dozen towns, flattening people's homes right on top of them. And that's when I heard the uh, wind blowing real hard, so I had ran, I ran back over here to this bathroom right here. And I ran and hopped in that tub. Well, I've always known not to take life for granted. It could be taken that and it's always been proven, it'll just got proved again. Some of the hardest hit areas like Sharkey and Humphreys counties have poverty rates of 35 and 33% respectively. For comparison, the average poverty rate for the entire U.S. is less than 12%. Because many lack the funds and resources, socioeconomic experts say it can be even harder for poor communities to build back after this kind of devastation. There's a psychological need, again, grief, there's loss. Um, someone just needs to talk. I'm here. Uh, absolutely a devastated uh, community there, a majority black town. Mm -hmm. uh, soulmates, these are our people. So, you know, give, give, and give. You can go online. There's a myriad of, of ways to go about uh, helping uh, our folks. Uh, you've got the Red Cross, you got GoFundMe. Just make sure they're all legit. Make mm -hmm. sure you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's, especially if you're sending something uh, monetary. There are a lot of uh, uh, communities uh, in and around the country that are, uh, you know, sponsoring drives mm -hmm. and you can bring in goods. Just think about if you were in this situation, what you would need. There is nothing left in this town. So we're talking about clothing. We're talking Everything. about uh, non-perishable canned goods. Mm -hmm. We're talking about baby needs. We're talking about, you know, whatever you would need on, on a day-to-day -day basis to, to live and to thrive. This is what they need and then some. And the devastation that we saw down there mm -hmm. is something like I've never seen before. A yeah. complete town mm -hmm. decimated 
um, lives lost. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you can help, please reach out to those people and help if you can. Absolutely. All right, we're going to stay in Mississippi. What is going on in Mississippi? <laughs> we're going to stay in Mississippi. Um, a, a woman named Khadija Michelle Brown was arrested for shooting and killing her husband, Jeremy Brown, during an argument that turned very physical. You may have seen this as the shooting was captured live on Facebook. Uh, police found a gun and other evidence at the scene, and there was a history of domestic violence between the couple. Brown has been charged now with murder. It was just unbelievable. I saw this hit social media mm. and, you know, I don't know what Meta, that's the, you know, the, the, the Facebook Paris folks, company, I don't yeah. know what they're going to have to do to better monitor because you, you want to give people the freedom, users the freedom to go live and, and do what we do on social media. But when, when events like this happens, it kind of, you know, gives you pause as to, you know, what else people could choose to do when they go live. It, it was just, it was a harrowing video. Uh, yeah. and, and more than Meta, every social media site that has mm -hmm. the ability to go live has mm -hmm. to deal with this possibility yeah. because we are seeing this happen more and more. And I wonder what the long-term effects on all of us are when it comes to social media, how mm -hmm. Now we're talking about, you know, um, 129 school shootings mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. in 86 days in our country. Mm -hmm. And it's not even staying at the top of the news as long yeah. as it does uh, usually. So as we become desensitized I was say, it's almost to, like we're normalizing to watching violence, yeah. what does that mean for yeah. our society? Yeah. And then um, I was reading, too, with this case. Uh, it apparently happened in front of their children, mm. the choice to do that in front of their children, so how they're gonna be traumatized mm -hmm. for the remainder of their lives. So mm -hmm. we're hoping, you know, mentally they can get uh, the help that they're gonna need and the support that they're gonna need to, to move through this. Entire society, any kid that was watching, yeah. it's our children that's that are right. watching. So right. uh, it's You're something right. that's gonna have to be addressed. Indeed. Yeah. Let's talk about protesters demanding autonomy for D.C. after Republican-led effort nullifying criminal code reform. Now, a similar trend is playing out across the nation where Republican state legislatures in heavily populated black cities are seizing authority over city governments. Activists say it's a racist and political agenda. Recent examples include Missouri Republicans seeking control over law enforcement in St. Louis and Mississippi's GOP pushing legislation to overhaul the police and court system in Jackson a predominantly black city. Now all, also, Texas taking over the school district in Houston. Critics say it's a desperate attempt to control black cities and communities. Um, it is interesting how politics have, have turned into ways of control. Mm -hmm. and, and manipulation. And that's why we have to stay engaged in the political system. Mm -hmm. So that people who live in a city, mm -hmm. in a state, in a school district, can have a say in what happens in that city and school district and who polices that city yeah. and school district, because all of those things are so very important, not only who polices it, mm -hmm. but how they police. Yeah, and that story mentioned a couple of other cities, but I know Mississippi uh, has been you know, at the forefront, Jackson, Mississippi mm -hmm. has been at the forefront of this conversation as what they're proposing is like a throwback to Jim Crow, mm -hmm. as many are saying, look, mm -hmm. you know, we are the ones, you know, our soulmates who are you know, living in these cities and, and how all of this policy can, can come about, and I, and I know 
though the GOP controls it. But, you know, we if we have to force our way into these conversations, mm -hmm. force our way into the room uh, and shame on the GOP, I think it's a disgrace for them not to include those who live there mm -hmm. in, in the process, in the decision making. And so that's why I think they go wrong and they go left, aside from this being somewhat of a throwback to, to Jim Crow law. So we just have to stay as a community, as a village, mm -hmm. uh, vigilant uh, to make sure that these things, you know, if, if in fact they do get passed because of the domination, right. that we continue the good fight. Have to. Yeah, Have that's to. right. Stay engaged. All right. Speaking of the good fight, Sheila Jackson Lee, who has represented Texas's 18th congressional district since 1995, mm -hmm. announced her candidacy for Houston mayor at uh, City Cathedral Church. The incumbent mayor, Sylvester Turner, is term limited. And so Jackson Lee joins a crowded field that includes State Senator John Whitmer, uh, former Harris County Clerk Chris Hollins, House City Council Member Robert Gilgos, Gilgos uh, Gallegos, that's it, former Houston Metropolitan Transit Authority Chairman Gilbert Garcia and former City Council Member Amanda Edwards. Now the election is set for November 7th and Jackson Lee will not have to leave her congressional seat to run. Representative Sylvia Garcia has endorsed Whitmer. That's going to be a hot mm -hmm. and heavy and contested uh, race. I know that the current mayor, Mr. S Sylvester, has done some wonderful uh, work in the city of Houston. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was disrupted, put on hold because of COVID-19. And mm -hmm. then they've had some uh, um, uh, horrible weather events, mm -hmm. including flooding mm -hmm. uh, that put a lot of projects on the back burner, especially for uh, elderly and affordable housing. But he's been able to get those projects uh, up and running again. And mm -hmm. I know uh, for, for some in Houston, and he's a favorite, um, but uh, this is going to be an interesting race as to who they're going to want to see to keep uh, that momentum going and who's going to be able to keep it going. It's always interesting to me when an elected official goes from one part of politics into another, from federal to state, mm -hmm. and uh, these are the same people that may have voted for both of them right. at different times. Right. So then you have to come in and make a distinction of who you are and what you're doing different, mm -hmm. and then the, the people have to make a distinct choice. That's right. And that's a hard one. That's mm -hmm. a hard one when it's two people that you believe in who mm -hmm. is best for going forward. Mm -hmm. So Houston, uh, yeah. do your research, yeah. make your choices. And, and, and vote. Yeah, definitely vote. A civil rights attorney, Lee Merritt, was arrested alongside two others in McKinney, Texas during a protest in memory of Marvin Scott III. Mm. Now, the protest was held on Sunday, but you may remember two years after Marvin Scott III died during a struggle with uh, jail guards following his arrest for marijuana possession. Merritt, 40, was arrested on charges of obstructing a roadway and unlawfully carrying a weapon and was released on Monday. Now, the demonstration led to the arrest of Scott's sister, uh, Lacey, Lacey, uh, thank you, Bates, and a photojournalist as well. Seven detention officers were fired and another resigned over Scott's death, which was ruled a homicide. Wow, that's a, um, you know, I, I remember that case, but, you know, moving back into the arrest of, of Lee Merritt, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you see him, you know, pretty much everywhere, unfortunately, with the type of cases that mm -hmm. we, you know, continue to encounter. What I love about him is he is consistent and he's one of the new faces. When mm -hmm. you talk about a new generation of civil rights attorneys, he's one mm -hmm. of those new faces. And uh, I think he's solid and, you know, he's obviously putting his his belief mm -hmm. uh, behind his actions uh, with, with that arrest. And uh, we hope the best for uh, his current situation mm -hmm. and what he was actually fighting for.
Yeah, I, I appreciate justice. I appreciate him putting everything on the yeah. line for what he believes Isn't in. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. All right, the movie Ruby Bridges has mm -hmm. been banned for all students at North Shore Elementary School uh, in Florida uh, after a parent complained it contained racial slurs and white people threatening a black character, worried that it might teach kids that white people hate black people. However, a group representing black children in that public school uh, system is now questioning why one complaint led to a ban for all students and if the education system can serve the diverse community fairly. This comes after Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eyes was banned from all district high schools earlier this year after a parent complained about a two-page rape scene. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this Ruby Bridges movie, 1998, fictitious. Mm -hmm. It's not a documentary. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a narrative mm -hmm. with with actors based playing on roles true based on mm -hmm. true events. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that uh, one parent complaint can get a movie that's been around for decades. That's right. Uh, taken out of the system, and mm -hmm. and as we see with book bannings uh, across mm -hmm. the country, mm -hmm. uh, they're erasing starting to try and erase things, and I don't understand uh, the erasure of things, because yeah. if you start uh, making history go away, it will then repeat itself, and we're setting up for it yeah. to repeat itself. We don't want, we, we, we have Holocaust museums and memorials for a reason. We have Middle Passageways exhibits mm -hmm. uh, for reasons, mm -hmm. so that these things don't happen again. And so mm -hmm. I'm interested to see where where the conversation comes in so the understanding yeah. is had why these things need yeah. to be where they are. And if not this particular movie, there's plenty of, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. documentaries mm -hmm. that would accurately recall what really happened. Mm -hmm. And it's real history, and it's our history, and it's American history. It and is. And that is my hang-up with what's happening in Florida. Mm -hmm. I mean, every country has its bruises. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta heal from but those bruises. But you gotta bruises. be honest about and it. Be honest about it. Lift them. that veil and really get at yes. what really happened. Yes, and it won't happen again. That's right, that's right. All right, coming up, it's a new term that's carrying a lot of weight. It's called digital blackface. Lee, I'm so confused. I don't know, I can't I take know. another term. I, I can't take another meme. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Well, we'll try to explain digital blackface and how one cable analyst says who's guilty of mm. using digital blackface. Mm. We'll explain everything coming up. Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Uh, I'm Lee Thomas sitting right next to Courtney oh, Hicks. One of my faves right here. I appreciate and you, Courtney. Courtney I appreciate Corte. Corte. We yeah. appreciate you. We appreciate it. All right, let's talk about this one. <sighs> CNN analyst John Blake claims that posting popular GIFs, photos, and videos of black public figures perpetuates racism through digital blackface. Mm -hmm. However, many argue that his claims are unfounded and divisive as mm -hmm. there is no evidence to really support the idea that these images perpetuate racism. Critics also note that Blake's definition of digital blackface is overly broad and vague, ignoring the complex nuances of race and culture. I think a meme is a meme. I think maybe he might have a point depending on maybe who posted it and why, mm -hmm. you know, what the application is. But, you know, every look at Jordan here. Everybody has used it. Even memes. even yeah. Jordan has alluded hide to that wife, particular hide your kids. Everybody knows right. these. I ain't yeah, got time so. for that. I got bronchitis. Here's the here's the thing that to me, if you want to talk about uh uh, if you want to talk about something that could possibly be mm -hmm. focusing on race, mm -hmm. it's him. 
because mm. you have all the memes out there for everything that you can use mm -hmm. from animals mm -hmm. with eyes bulging to mm -hmm. to white men to yeah. Asian people to women all kinds of memes out there so do you think it's about he, who can use it he specifically pointed out the black people memes and said you can't use them but is he saying that when white people use it you can't use it no no let's go back to Mississippi where the anchor said for shizzle my nizzle and mm -hmm. we got clearance to say that mm -hmm. um you know we understood, you know, what that meant. Maybe she didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, should she have been fired for that? Was it within well, context because they were talking about Snoop Dogg? Well, I mean, this kind of rides along the same line as does. to is it a problem when someone, you know, of another race posts these type of meme memes or says something like that? I, I guess it could be. The, the, the conversation is one thing. As a broadcaster, you have to do your research before mm -hmm. words come out of your mouth. This is and sometimes true. you have to go through legal before words come out of your mouth. <laughs> which so, we did. Which you, did, which you have to my, do. You right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, so, but, the, but the meme conversation is about uh, pictures that go around the globe. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, using a meme is different than being responsible for the for words you that you say. Okay. But I will also say that if we're gonna start picking out different things to not make fun of because mm -hmm. people are offended, maybe pictures should be included in that. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. The, the debate will continue. I'm sure Digital blackface. Yeah, we got another one to add to the some list. Some of those memes are funny, though. They're hilarious. I'm, I'm going to do what yeah, I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to uh, Chicago, uh, where a uh, Southside man with at least 35 relatives enrolling Fort Mississippi was among those watching reports of the deadly tornado that hit in that area. Zach Briscoe said it is heartbreaking to hear his aunties describe the encounter, feeling the vortex, pulling them up and having to link arms to stay grounded. Mm. Now, the American Red Cross branches from across the country, we mentioned this earlier, are sending volunteers and team members, including mental health specialists. So any way you can help, please do so. Think about, you know, if your home was just obliterated by mm -hmm. a tornado, what you would need, but not just a home, an entire community. Yeah. And, and and mostly this community is like, I, I think I read like 98% uh, black. Mm -hmm. So it is our people, it's 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 our soulmates that need this help immediately. Yeah, and, and I am with him. I understand it is his family members, but mm -hmm. to hear the stories that come out of that region from yeah. that tornado. They is have been heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, they and have. the thing is, they have nothing to nothing. go back to. Nothing. Cars on top of houses, mm -hmm. on top of cars. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, it's yeah. unthinkable yeah. for me. So Non-perishable food items. Think mm -hmm. about, you know, you've got to wash your clothes. I've seen times when, you know, companies will supply, you know, mm -hmm. washer machines and dryers. We just don't just think like, about these things because they're yeah. at our, you know, at our convenience, yeah. but they're going to need everything, everything to begin to rebuild yeah. for sure. But the CDC has issued an alert regarding Brazilian butt lifts or BBLs which have become popular in cosmetic surgery. Now the agency posted on Instagram that if patients show signs of infection after the surgery, they should seek medical attention and report it to the health department. The CDC received reports of infections related to the procedure, but not releasing more information. They do not release more information. Patients should seek treatment if the infection or the area is infected, turns red, warm, or becomes tender, has drainage, or if they experience fever, chills, or other symptoms. And this is something that has been on my radar just mm -hmm. in the last six months, because mm -hmm. before that, 
I didn't pay much attention to it. People attention. go, I go down to wherever they go, Mexico, wherever. But they're you going probably to get it saw a BBL and didn't know that that I was. I have a no BBL. idea. I don't know the difference is real or not real. <laughs> Some of them look it's great an and are getter. very, very natural. Some mm -hmm. of them, I think, folks have gone a little bit overboard. Here's mm -hmm. the thing, you know, they are really discouraging folks from going, you know, overseas to do that out of the country uh, because they don't, they, you know, their, their medical systems are not uh, as heavily monitored mm -hmm. or they don't require some of the things that we require here in the U.S. and and you can really mess around and get some some ill care uh, yeah. if you will, as we as we have read yeah, yeah. Um, from from time to time. But I think it's about safety and I think you know for women it may be about vanity. Some women because I don't, to get know, these, I don't understand it. I don't understand leave, why would you do that? Why would you inject something? Well, in, I think in, it's any. it's no different from maybe having you know your nose done mm -hmm. or you know women have you know their eyes done or their lips done. I think it's but, it's but along Courtney, the same line. You don't sit on your nose. That's true, but let me tell you something. These women are transforming their bodies and they are transforming their lives. And if you see these before and really? after pictures, and these surgeons out here are performing miracles, like wow. Jesus in the Bible miracles. <laughs> okay. When we, I'm gonna show you. I, I'll show you some before and afters. It, it's really amazing work. Mm -hmm. The concern is just the safety, and then the concern is also what these, you know, sisters, these soulmates are doing to get up the money uh, right. to get these BBLs. You know, you. you you, you tax returns and you're cheating the kids out of school right, clothes and right. things like that. So there's that, but it's it's about safety and and I would suggest staying stateside to get anything done. I, I know the prices are much cheaper much abroad, cheaper, but much cheaper. it's just the safety and the travel that's so hard on you after that surgery. I uh, I think mm. each woman is beautiful just the way they oh, are. Lee. They have something beautiful Lee, about each of them. For a reason. Yeah, that's, that's just <laughs> no, the truth. But I got to put you down that's on what, what what the BBLs look like. So yeah, because you know, so I don't you know what difference. you're looking at, honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. The U.S. State Department is facing an unprecedented demand for passports due to the return of travel post-COVID-19. U.S. Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blanton uh, was talking about this. He says the department receives about $500,000 passport applications in a week, wow. which is about 30 to 40 percent higher than last year. Uh, the pandemic, of course, caused a significant decrease in demand, but now now, the travel restrictions have been lifted, the veil has been lifted, and everybody is out here traveling back and forth and to and from. Now, to tackle the backlog, uh, Blinken and his staff plan to boost resources and staff, authorize overtime, and open satellite offices. That'd be helpful. Now, the State Department is prioritizing visas that have an economic impact, particularly students, uh, temporary workers, business travelers, and maritime crews. I, you, I think it's this is fallout from, of course, the pandemic where everybody was, was locked, locked up. Locked up and, and the locked other, down. The other thing that's uh, the confluence of events mm -hmm. is we have our phones and we can hop on yeah. whatever source and look at what's happening in Rio, mm -hmm. in Brazil. That's we can right. go uh, on the coast of Spain mm -hmm. in, in a heartbeat mm -hmm. and, and everybody's out there living their best life. Yeah. I, I'm an expat and I moved to wherever. Yeah. And I'm like, you did what? Okay. But you know what? Even prior to the pandemic, soulmates, black folks, we were getting out there. There's Moving. this whole travel, black travel mm -hmm. movement across social media. A lot Don't of different accounts. Don't even mention Ghana. Right. Everybody's trying a to go A lot of different account, yeah. accounts that you can follow where people mm -hmm. are going to places that I don't think we ever considered going before. Now, True. I would suggest folks pay attention to the State Department and, and where they're suggesting that we don't go. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to that. But if, if you can, you know, get out there and, and make it happen and go see other societies outside of what we do on the block and in mm -hmm. the 
-hmm. village or the community here in the states, mm -hmm. go for it. But we are out there. Black folks I, are out I, there. I think we should be because black folks are different around the globe. Yeah. And, and, and getting to see how they live mm -hmm. and how things are done. Mm -hmm. And some of those, and I keep talking about Africa, but some of those places in Africa that are completely run by all faces that look familiar and we need to are see amazing. That. That's it, right. Really amazing. Yeah. And, and do your do your reading, do your research because you know you've got travelers coming back and blogging saying, "Hey, I didn't feel this country was right. as friendly as this mm -hmm. country." So do your research, do your research. Uh, you know, before you book those tickets, uh, and and just get out there and have a wonderful time and stay safe, stay vigilant about and, your safety, and uh, get your passport early. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are trying to get. I them. know. It takes a few months. It I've does. Yeah. It does. Or yeah. you're going to fly into a satellite office and trying mm -hmm. to book an appointment and mm -hmm. get a get a, a passport at the last extra. minute, paying a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. You could have bought the country you about yeah. to go visit, <laughs> yeah. but as much as they're going to charge you yeah. for that last minute to passport. All right, still ahead, free at last, the real-life Hotel Rwanda hero is free. Yeah, I love that movie, Hotel Rwanda, Classic. but it was based on a real person. That's right. Now, we'll have more on his release and his inspiring story when we return. You are watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Uh, Stephanie Young, a veteran Democratic aide and former executive director for Michelle Obama, she has been picked to be Vice President Kamala Harris's new senior advisor. Okay, Young's focus will be on massage or messaging rather and outreach. Her role is a new position for the vice president's office. It will take a bird's eye approach to manage Harris's overall communications platform and political engagement, but not fill the role of a day-to-day -day communications director. Mm. Yeah, Jamal Simmons, her second communications director in two years, departed from the office uh, New Year's, uh, he said, uh, for family reasons. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to Stephanie Young. And I love right the there. fashion sense here. That looks amazing. She looks amazing. And she does. I know the VP has had some, mm -hmm. some difficulty, you know, retaining, you mm -hmm. know, staff. There's kind mm -hmm. of been a, a, an open door, back and forth thing yeah. going on. So hopefully um, this addition, you know, will stick and stay and continue to enhance the office of the, of the VP. Maybe we can ask uh, Nick Quarterly oh, what's happening. Because oh, he's yeah. hanging out with the yeah, vice he's president. A, he's in they, Africa with the like vice that. president. Yeah. So we can just yeah. say, what, what's up with that? So what's happening? What's up what's with going that? On? He can give us the break. Yeah. You are funny. All <laughs> but right. no, congratulations yeah. to her. And it's, it's and wonderful it's to see that color. Mm -hmm. We're still single. And I think mm -hmm. behind the scenes, we really don't get to see now how really diverse uh, the White House has become. You know, mm -hmm. we see what we see, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis if you pay attention to the news or maybe if mm -hmm. you Google and do a little research. But, um, you know, from what I'm hearing, the folks that we don't see right. are of color. And, and, it, and it's just a totally different White House wow. from just a time ago. Mm -hmm. And you are seeing a lot more diversity. Uh, diversity, not just in skin color, but the different walks of life. Yeah, and, and understanding the mechanisms mm -hmm. of what happens to make a vice president or even a president's job happen mm -hmm. is so very important. And mm -hmm. once you get that view, mm -hmm. it can translate to so many other things yeah. as we go forward. They couldn't do anything without their support staff. Without a, nothing, without a doubt. Nothing. Without a doubt. All righty, to Georgia now, where Madison County sheriff officials are asking the public's help to locate a bail 
B-E-L-L, stolen from a historic church. Deputies said an antique bell on display outside of Wagoner's Grove Baptist Church was stolen sometime between March 19th and the 21st. So this just happened. Wagoner's Grove Baptist Church opened its doors, listen to this, in 1855 and has been a part of the Madison County community since ever since. Now, it is the oldest historically black church in Madison County and one of the oldest in the state of Georgia. If y'all don't bring them people's bail back and I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is not a hate crime. That's what I, that's, that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, and, and when something like this happens, you go, why would y'all do that? Yeah. Like, who wants like, to do is that? Point? Is it a prank? Right, Kids like a high school a prank, prank or, or something. Prank. Whatever it is, find the bell and bring it back. It's mm -hmm. historic significance. Yeah. It's beyond so anything you need it for. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's hop into some international news. And it's about a man named Paul Rusese Gabina. He was portrayed by Don Cheadle as the hero in Hotel you, Rwanda. You're my hero for being able to get that. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> you just rolled through when that the movie last came out. Yeah, and it's a that movie that I love. Oh, I love. I it. love. Yeah. And, and the movie was released, uh, Hotel Rwanda was released from Rwandan prison. Paul was, mm -hmm. not the movie. He was released from a prison on Friday after his sentence was commuted following intense mm. diplomatic efforts by the United States. Now, he was accompanied by a U.S. Embassy official as that's him right there, Paul Rusesa Gabina. Wow. And it's interesting mm -hmm. because he's, I remember when the movie came out and he was much younger. Oh, anyway, officials watched him being removed from prison. And he has residency at the Qatar uh, Embassy mm -hmm. in Kigali, Uganda. He was released and sent there late Friday, according to the Biden administration. Now, he was sentenced back in September of 2021 to 25 years wow. over his ties to a group that opposed Rwandan President Paul uh, Kagame. Now, President Biden issued a statement thanking the governments of Rwanda and Qatar for making this possible. That's what I remember seeing yeah. when Bush awarded mm -hmm. him. See how much younger he is. And, and yes, he's, he's aging, but it's good to see him free. In good health. In good health. And able to continue to tell his story from yes. his perspective. Yes. Did Don Cheadle get anything for that? He got nominated, but did not win. Oh. And I'll tell you what, Hotel Rwanda is Amazing. well worth watching because it it's about, it's, it's all black faces. But when the uprise happened in mm -hmm. that country, mm -hmm. neighbor turned on neighbor and his hotel uh, was housing people for survival. Mm -hmm. And and they it was a brutal it assault was. and, and it, it was a, an amazing thing yeah. that he did. It's almost like a Schindler's List story where he mm -hmm. saved uh, people that would not, didn't have anywhere else to go. So yeah. there is a, a, a book that I read, uh, a survivor, her name is uh, Immacula Ibagazi. Mm -hmm. um, the book is called Left to Tell. Mm -hmm. If you've got a break coming or you need just some good riveting, um, you know, writing and just something just going to make your heart sink and the yeah. way she was able to survive by hiding. Wow. It is just a great read and it mm -hmm. really brings home, you know, how tragic and horrific that time in Rwanda was. It was just yeah. unbelievable. The bloodshed was just yes. unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was. Yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. It was. All right, today for Women's Her Story Month, we celebrate the vision and story telling magic of Ava Marie DuVernay. Ava DuVernay. That's, that's I love the girl. Her. I love her. There we she love is right her. there. Now, Ava was the first African American woman to win Best Director at the Sundance Film Festival, be nominated for Best Director at the Golden Globe, direct the film nominated for Best Picture for Oscar. Oscar and direct a film with a budget of over $100 million. She mm -hmm. is the recipient of the Primetime Emmy Award uh, and NAAC 
NAACP Image Award, a BAFTA, that's the British version of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. She has a BAFTA Award, BAFTA TV Award, as well as a nominee for an Academy Award and Golden Globe. She's amazing. Ava DuVernay began directing at the age of 32 when she made her first short film, Saturday Night Life, which was released back in 2006. She was the first to have an all-female directing team for her hit show, <gasps> Queen, Queen Sugar. Sugar. Look at you. I miss you saw the so, name, like I Queen Sugar. I miss it so much. I miss right. the comeback, comeback, <laughs> as they wrapped up that uh, series. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's also the founder of Array, a Peabody award-winning arts and social impact collective dedicated to Nerve to Change. You know, with you being a full-on movie critic, yeah. this man has stripes and certificates. Uh, a lot of talk about her. I know there was excitement when she sort of kind of, she sound, she it felt like an overnight success, but you mm. know she had been she plowing had, her way for a long time. You know, she was a, a publicist for movies before she, I, I knew her. Publicist wow. for movies beforehand. And I remember when she first started doing her thing, we were like, go ahead, sis, yeah. do your thing. Do people thing. take her seriously? Did they, did Not they, at know, first, because you, you know how that goes. You know how that goes. When you try to shift. She's a black woman that's right. trying to shift into yep. a business that she was, uh, a publicist in in a role that's not in a leadership position, mm -hmm. but I think she handled it so very well. I saw her recently, this is maybe uh, four years ago mm -hmm. before the pandemic at mm -hmm. the Critics' Choice Award, yeah. straight over to her yeah. and took a picture with her. Wow. So proud of everything that she's done. She's done some amazing work, and it's about the storytelling. She knows how to tell yeah. a good what, story. What a gift, because, you know, what if she just kept sitting in that space as a PR person. Yes, and making what if, good money, yeah, by the way. And, yeah, and, yeah and, and, and what if whoever she pitched her ideas to didn't take a listen right. or didn't believe in her? We right. would never have her her gift mm -hmm. uh, of, of what she uh, continues to bless us with. So yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting her one day. I, I just like she's her cool. vibe. Yeah, yeah. She's, 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 she's good absolutely people. cool. Yes. Okay, tell her we yes. said hey at the absolutely. Fox Old Black Report next time absolutely. you rub elbows. This, this superstar <laughs> I'm sitting up there next to. Uh, all right, coming up, could Suge Knight be making a comeback? I ran into him once too. <laughs> I said, hey, Suge, and then looked down. <laughs> this was way back in the day, in the 90s. Yeah, way I was, back I, in the day. I saw him yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. He was scary He's then a big too. Fella. Yes, big he fella. is. Yeah. Lord, today. We'll tell you about the project that he has in the works when Fox Soul's Black Report returns. He looks scary right there. Doesn't Look at he? him. Mm. He's a big fella. I know. Thank you for sticking with Fox mm -hmm. Soul's Black Report on this Tuesday. Judge Joe Brown has denied allegations of sexual assault made against him by actress Cheryl Lee Ralph, who did not directly accuse him. Now, Ralph recently shared this during an interview uh, uh, that that famous television judge sexually assaulted mm. her. Now, Brown decided to clear his name before any accusations could be made against him. He warned that he might take legal action for a defamation of character, adding that such accusations are damaging to his reputation. What is he talking about? Yeah, Brown emphasized his track record of protecting women and promoting manhood for the last 50 years. However, it remains unknown which judge Cheryl Lee Ralph was referring right. to as she has not addressed Brown's comments. This is what I'm not understanding. She just said, this is what happened to me. She did not mention the judge. Any names, right. And here he comes. You know, hit dogs will holler. So, I mean, <laughs> if, if it ain't you, it's not you, Judge, but you're making yourself look really, real okay. guilty. Like, uh, I know, I know. She didn't say nothing, so why no. are you? Why are you bringing yourself into this? Exactly. Um, I. 
I respect that she is not mentioning a name mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. she wants to bring light that this happened. Wants to bring the story. Because she doesn't want it to happen to anyone else. Yeah. And whatever happened behind the scenes, we do not know. Mm -hmm. She could have sued, she could have mm -hmm. won, she could have talked it out mm -hmm. or handled mm -hmm. it in her own way. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, who knows who it is. But why would you say anything, Judge Joe Brown? I don't understand that. I don't understand Sometimes that. Sometimes people. People who are used to attention need attention. Mm -hmm. And if it is him, and if it, if it is him, you know, prepare in silence because, mm -hmm. you know, it eventually come out mm -hmm. and you want to be prepared for your side of the story or, you know, whatever, however you have to protect yourself. But she didn't even mention a judge. And, and, and Shirley Mathis Ralph. said it wasn't and, him. And I, Shirley Ralph may never say who it is. That's right. She, she may never say who That's it is right. on purpose. That's right. And so, you know. Relax. Yeah, we'll have to keep, Relax, our, eye on, on, keep our eye on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All righty. Uh, incarcerated Death Row Records co-founder Suge Big, Suge Knight, we've both yeah, seen, we've him, seen him, him before, yeah, yeah. is working on a TV series that will delve into his life story from growing up in Compton to his music career and beyond. Now, the show will have a similar feel to BMF, you don't say, and mm -hmm. will begin filming this summer. Now, despite serving a 28-year sentence, Knight is heavily involved in selecting a director and the actors, especially for the role of Tupac Shakur. The series will be produced by Knight and his brother, Brian Brown. What say you, movie, are you think people are interested? Do they want to know? Do they, is it going to be from Suge's perspective? Do you think it'll be accurate? Absolutely. I believe there is an audience for this. Okay. Uh, Death Row Records was like a freight train it coming was. through the rap industry. A scary freight train and, and he for was a moment. right in front. Yes, he was. Puffing on a cigar, mm -hmm. intimidating people, mm -hmm. and making business happen. Yeah. However, he did it, it his way. Yeah. Now, uh, are people interested in the story? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Will a lot of people watch it? Or is it specific to a, uh, to a brown audience? Mm -hmm. Specific to a brown audience. Or, or, or a generation, a specific we'll generation. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. You know I, because you say BMF to other people, they don't know what it is. Exactly. Exactly. But you say it to us, we're like, oh, we, we know, know about what's Detroit. happening. You know, we know the people. Well, with here. the success of this series, mm -hmm. I think people are, are knowing about it now, mm -hmm. or getting to know about it now, especially the Detroit culture. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a great show. But with Suge, I remember, you know, crossing paths with him back in the day, and you're thinking, oh, you know, he's just a big old teddy bear. He would, no. he, you could never break through nope. whatever that was. He would never smile. Right. Like, like Biggie would give you a smile. I was around yep. Biggie too. He came yep. to town. We did yeah. radio. We did a show. He'd give you a smile every now and again and a laugh and something. Should never broke. Never. I was like, this man is nuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah, no, he I mean, was really, a, he is he that a, for real. He was yeah. about it. Like, yeah. plus, what is he, 6'6? Yeah. Six, six? He's 6'4, six, 6'13. Six, 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 yeah, he, yeah he, he when was, you yeah, see he's, him, yeah. he's intimidating. Yeah. And then the look on his face mm -hmm. lets you know that he means it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but no doubt, Death Row has a, you know, just has, has, has had a huge impact. And it is truly the soundtrack of our lives. And, and you can't look at hip hop, especially with hip hop celebrating 50 years this year, without including Death Row and that whole West Coast movement. Yeah, but you got a whole, you got Tupac's story in there, you got Snoop's story in there. Are they going to mm -hmm. tell their side of it, or is it going to be Let's hope so. Shug's. Let's hope it's a it's a well-rounded tale. Shug does what Shug does. This is true. And they all know that. You know who does what they do? Who? That dog on Shaka Khan, yes, honey. Does. She celebrated Legendary 70 yes. years. This is the year another year around the sun, her big birthday in style. 
with a little help from fellow uh, icon Stevie Wonder and many more at a party in Hollywood's Vortex Recording Studio. Stevie led the guests in singing Happy Birthday to Shaka before joining her on stage to perform her hit Tell Me Something Good. That's a great and, song. And uh, his Motown classic, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. I'm yours. Uh, other notable <laughs> guests including, you're going to get a check. You're going to get an invoice. <laughs> That's just one line. I know, right? Joni Mitchell, uh, Mike Epps, uh, Tiffany Haddish. She's been back on the scene lately. Good mm, to see good her, her, who yeah. jumped on stage to sing Proud Mary. Uh, the festivities uh, continued late into the night with uh, Stevie even bringing in some, oh, Chick-fil-A for uh, some of the folks <laughs> in attendance. You gotta love Shaka Khan, Southside Chicago girl. Her name is Yvette. Is that's, it? That's the name her mama gave All her. All right. And she is just absolutely amazing. And she still has got the pipe. She's still, mm -hmm. I think her and Gladys and Patty, mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about that generation, yeah. um, Shaka's a little younger than them, but mm -hmm. they still got it. They really do. And they're, and they're about it too. They I like are. how they're still doing their thing mm -hmm. and, and making things available for us to see them perform. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Mm -hmm. to see them do what they do. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people don't know, Shaka, you know, started in Rufus. She was the drummer. Mm. And she was a hottie because she was with one of the members, <laughs> Mary, and then left him and was with another member of the band. So Shaka has got a story on her, but... Uh, you know, she's just an amazing, amazing voice. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know what, what R&B, I don't know what music would be without her. Yes. Yeah, indeed. she's Shaka amazing. Khan. What a great right. name, too. All right, music lovers, we're sorry, but there will not be an American Music Awards this year. Dick Clark Productions has reportedly decided not to do the American Music Awards this year after the Billboard Music Awards took over its usual November air date. There's also talks among music industry professionals that the AMAs are becoming stale. Mm. Dick Clark himself created the American Music Awards in 1973 after ABC lost the broadcast rights to the Grammys to CBS. You know, Dick Clark um, was a smart I, businessman. He, yeah, first he was, of all. which is why he's, his family will, will eat off that legacy and his accomplishments for for his great 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 grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, I check for the Grammys more than I do the AMAs. I always felt like the AMAs were like mm -hmm. the B-list compared right. to the Grammys, right. you know, A-list mm -hmm. and the, the energy and the prestige mm -hmm. uh, of the Grammys. Would I miss the AMAs? No. Nope. Um, but I'm not all the way sold on the billboards either. Mm -hmm. um, it's the Grammys for me. That's that's the one I, I have to check and make sure. Yeah. yeah, it's the Grammys for me. So, you know, as long as they stick around, and I'm sure they will, mm -hmm. uh, I'm good. There's, I'm so, good. there's so many awards. I mean, uh, our heart awards were just last night. Mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. iHeart Awards. So the, you know, the Grammys, the AMAs, which is the starting to blow music up. Awards, uh, you know, those iHeart Awards are starting to yeah, blow up so a bit. Yeah. I, I think there's something to award. I, I do like watching some of the performances yeah. and some have of the special moments. Have you thought the AMAs have been stale in years past? I have to be honest. I haven't paid attention to them for the right, last I few years. Yeah. So yeah. yes. And I'm excited about more Black folks. So there's a there's a new whole generation of of young Black country artists. Mm -hmm. So I even tapped into the Country, country Music Awards, Awards yeah. because there was some chocolate on the stage. Mm -hmm. And I had to it's go do cool, some Google it? searches. Right. Yeah, and they sound <laughs> fantastic. And they're bringing us, well, well, look, look music comes from us. I did my, I was my gonna studies, say, like, I was like, gonna say. Like country music. I mean, it all original. it all okay. comes yes. from us when you when you talk Blues about the, the yes. yeah, when you talk about the 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 uh, evolving of mm -hmm. black music. Mm -hmm. But there are some incredible young black country yeah. artists and they are bringing that thing back and they sound and they look good. It's, it's rock, it's gospel, and it's all put together in this great country lick kind of way. Yeah, yeah, good. Man, good indeed. Stuff. Good stuff. All right, up next, y'all know what time it is.
This is our favorite time on the show, Bleed Thomas. Yes, it it's is. called Black, Black Excellence. Excellence. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll tell you all about a group of kids from New Orleans who are making history. Mm. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. Yeah, that's good. Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Rapper Trade the Truth hmm. blesses an 82-year-old woman arrested for an unpaid trash bill with a full home makeover. Yeah, you might remember Miss Martha, who was hauled off to jail right before Christmas for failing to pay a $77 trash bill. That sounds bill. crazy. I'm, nuts. I'm sorry, this, that I mean, sounds no, crazy. It was a horrible story. Didn't mean that, to cut you off, but that good, sounds crazy. You're good, because that's pretty much how everybody felt when All the right. story broke. Uh, after spending time at her Alabama home, Trey realized she needed a little help and purchased $15,000 of furniture items that fully refurnished her living room, dining nice. room, and bedroom. Really nice. Yeah, yeah, Trey says the work is far from done and is currently looking to install central heating and a cooling system, fix the foundation of Martha's home to prevent flooding. He also plans to secure a car for Miss Martha. As she says she still doesn't understand how she got on Trey's radar of generosity but is more than grateful that she did. So when that story broke, everybody reacted just like you did. Mm -hmm. It appears as though Trey or his people reached out. Uh, they, you know, formed a connection. Good. And when he went to visit her at her home, he was like, I gotta help. I gotta help mom, mama out, big mama out. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Great story. Yeah, great good story. job, good mm -hmm. job. And we need to hear more about that because you know, mm -hmm. these, these, these rappers, they catch it. They you do. You know, sometimes by their own devices, yeah. but the, you know, uh, this is a good, good story that we need yeah. to put out there Absolutely. for sure. Uh, another story, two high school students from New Orleans having solved an impossible math problem uh, and presented it at a recent conference. Yeah, Kelsia Johnson and Nakaya Jackson said they have proven uh, Pythagoras theorem by using trigonometry without circular logic. I have no idea what that means. Pythagorean theory. It would do yeah. that too. It was a dis <laughs> I was horrible in math. It was a discovery that countless mathematicians around the world believe to be impossible to solve for over 2,000 years. Wow. Now they presented their work at the American Mathematical Society's Southeast Annual Meeting and were reportedly the only high schoolers Ooh. at the event which was attended by math researchers from across the country. The two seniors say it wouldn't have been possible without the encouragement of their teachers. Look My at them showing gosh, love to their Kelsia, teachers. I know <laughs> Kelsia and Nakia are planning to get STEM degrees as they move on to college, specializing in environmental engineering and biochemistry. That is amazing, all of that black girl magic and to be able to solve a math problem that has been having mathematicians across the world pull mm -hmm. their hair out for 2,000 years. I can't even look at that theorem and just be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, I, I, that's why we're in communication. Listen, we exactly. Communicate. I wasn't math. that we side of my brain does not work. At all. Math, chemistry, I did horrible in those classes. I'm not trying to discourage our Anyone. young, young soulmates. Do your best. But for Courtney Hicks, right. it was torture. It was and I, tough. And we got to pick after when we were um, upperclassmen in mm -hmm. high school, we got to pick the remainder of our math classes. And I went the easy way out. Statistics? I think the highest, I, no, oh. the highest I went was geometry. Geometry. This okay. is a circle. This is a square. <laughs> this is a rectangle. And I yep. got up on out of high school. I yeah. regretted it because once I got to college at Michigan State, they required you take some of that harder stuff. Yes. And I just, it was just horrible for me. Math is not for everyone. <laughs> math is definitely not for everyone. And then they say, you go 
need this when you it get older, and you never need that stuff. No, do you? you know, you have a phone. You have, you can ask your phone stuff. But yeah. I, as long as I can balance, I was going to say my checkbook, but not that anymore. As long I as know. I can balance my budget, everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say checkbook. When I say checkbook, you know what I mean. <laughs> Young folks, ask the do older folks. Do you still folks. go to the bank? <laughs> Do you still not go as inside much, the bank? But I do. I do. <laughs> Every now and again, you got you to go, go in there and there. be like, hey, what's happening you here? You got to put some eyes on them. That's Where right. Where my money at? That's right. You are the best. We enjoy but, you. But we yeah, enjoy you. But yeah, it's, it's cool uh, that young people know their, their vocation and mm -hmm. lean into it early. Mm -hmm. Because if you have uh, uh, something uh, that leans you into math, something mm -hmm. that draws you to that. Mm -hmm. Go there, yeah. use that knowledge and grow it yeah. because everybody any, doesn't have it, that's a gift. And I'm gonna say, I think anybody who chooses STEM is amazing. Mm -hmm. I just think you're amazing. I do, I've always been artsy fartsy and I yeah. just don't get that, yeah. I don't get it, yeah. yeah. You are so dope. I enjoy having <laughs> you here for a full Thank rundown you, I appreciate you. on today's stories, like the stories we just talked about and more. You can access Fox Soul's video on demand on any of our partners. You can even yes. access past shows and other black-centered content and don't forget soulmates to download that fox soul app absolutely free it's is free it, yeah the fox soul app is free it's absolutely free is it time for a nap you've been up for a minute no we i'm, good, I'm you. good, you good for now okay I'll, let's I'll go. keep going no, yeah no i'm, I'm go. good for now i'll go uh, drink some water uh, I, I may sit you. sit back for a second uh -huh. may doze off for a couple it's minutes crazy. but i'll be right back real strong i'm courtney hicks <laughs> i'm lee thomas <laughs> and for the quarterline corte thanks for sticking with us yeah fox soul black report we appreciate you stay safe you're so silly <laughs> <laughs> power nap five minutes though. count right you right. gotta keep it moving. Right. And this is a bad app.